0: In that case, I pronounce you lucky.
1: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, I'm Sarah Bivens. And I'm
2: Matthew Bivens.
1: And this is the Doing It at Home podcast. The only podcast dedicated to empowering, loving, and honest conversations around home birth. What started as a fun way for us to document our own home birth journey has turned into a platform for sharing birth stories, resources, and education with the goal of empowering mamas and families to make the birth decisions that work best for them.
2: Plus, we get into the antics, breakdowns, and breakthroughs of our own experience of marriage and parenthood.
1: All right, you ready, babe?
2: Yep, let's do it, mama.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Doing It At Home podcast. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks for all of your love and support and being a part of the community. We love you so much. so, 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 so so much. Um, As always, you can listen to us with the Parents on Demand app, or you can go to the Parents on Demand network website. That's parentsondemand.com. That is the network that we are a part of. The app is available on your iPhone or your Android device, so go get that. It's for free, and you can listen to our show as well as all the other amazing shows that are in the Parents on Demand network. Another really cool, exciting, fun announcement that I have for you, something I personally, Sarah Bivens, have been working on and I want to share with you, beloved doing it at home community, because I feel like there's a lot of synergy and resonance with what I'm doing over here. And so I gotta tell you about it because you gotta get in on it. Uh so in addition to doing it at home, I host another podcast. If you didn't know, now you know. I host it by myself uh, called Balance and Motherhood. And that was really inspired and kind of an offshoot, uh, a spin off series, if you will, of what I was experiencing um, in doing, doing it at home. So we were having these amazing conversations about birth and pregnancy. And then as I was moving through my first year of motherhood, I wanted to to continue the conversation in terms of what was going on with me in real time and some of the real, raw, transparent stuff as far as navigating motherhood, as well as my own personal identity and sense of self, uh, sexuality, expression, creativity, all of those things. And through Balance and Motherhood and my one-on-one coaching, my Balance Lifestyle coaching with mamas, you know that community and that message and energy has really grown and it's come to now what i'm going to be launching in less than a week so i'm going to be launching on may 13th the day after mother's day orgasmic mama orgasmic mama is my my new baby that i'm birthing orgasmic mama is a monthly membership site so an online membership where you can access audio video, downloadable resources, all sorts of amazing stuff that's going to be added monthly all around the idea of connecting you, mama, with your sexuality, with your sense of sensuality and expression and how that ties in with every aspect of your life. And I truly believe that the orgasmic mama is the best version of herself walking around, turned on and just orgasmically in love with her life. So that is launching May 13th. And I want you to get in on it and be a part of this community with me. So I have a link for you in today's show notes. You go to my website, com slash OM as in orgasmic mama, check it out, get on the list to be notified when we launch and when you can hop in, start On May 13th, and and dive into that experience of orgasmic mama. So, if you have any questions about it, um, of course, if you want to learn more, you can go to my website or you can reach out to me on social media or through my website. So, I want to drop that in there for you because I want you in there. I want you to be an orgasmic mama with me. All right. Today's birth story. Ooh, wow. I'm just going to put it to you this way HBA 3C. H-B-A-3-C, if you know what that stands for. That is home birth after three cesareans, after three C births, belly births. We're talking with Deidre Straka about her fourth birth and how it was her first home birth after her three cesareans and just what a journey it was to get to that point from, you know, the first cesarean and then kind of after that, how it had kind of snowballed and each pregnancy after that, um, maybe tried for a V back, but then through a multitude of different reasons and circumstances, you know, ended up with another C birth and then how, Home birth came into the mix, and how there were care providers that didn't believe in Deidre's ability to have a vaginal birth after her three cesareans, and how she found the care and found the team that would support her in that. And, you know, with her husband, Joshua, and his support, it's just such a beautiful uh, process and journey to follow along with and to really come full circle in terms of informed, empowered choice when it comes to your birth and to, you know, create healing and magic throughout all of it. Uh, so it's so amazing i know you're gonna love it here it is
0: okay round two name something that's not boring
1: a laundry oh a book club computer
0: solitaire huh ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino <laughs> even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
1: Hi, Deidre. Welcome to the podcast. How are you? Good. How are you? Awesome.
2: Yes, we are awesome. And we're super excited to talk to you today, Deidre. So thank you again for joining us.
3: You're welcome. I'm excited.
1: Yeah, so Deidre, share with us a little bit of, of your crew, your team over there, um, and what y'all are up to.
3: Hey, well, my name's Deidre, and we live in Saratoga Springs with my husband Joshua, and we have four children. Our oldest is Julian, and she's 10. Our next is a son. He is seven. And then we have another girl who is five, and then our youngest is will be two in July.
1: Wow, that's... It's quite a gang over there. <laughs> yes, <laughs> they keep us all busy.
2: <laughs> yeah, and it's cool that you're you're they're staggered. Girl, boy, girl, boy.
1: Yeah, that yeah. must
2: be fun. Yes,
1: and it's it's been quite a journey, right? Especially around you know the the conversation leading up to Jonathan's birth. Um, why don't you share with us a little bit about what brought you to um, you know your decision of of home birth and and everything that went into it.
3: Um, I've always dreamed of having a home birth, but mm. it seemed like it was never going to be possible. So with our oldest, we found out from about 26 weeks on that she was breech and she had no desire to rotate, move. And the doctor didn't feel confident in doing an aversion to try to remove her um, move her around, which I was okay with that because I wasn't sure what to expect. And he told me the risk and that kind of scared me more than anything. So mm. we ended up having a cesarean with her in may of 2008 and the recovery was it was a little bit more frightening than i thought it would be it was there was a lot of itching and pain and felt like i was hit by a train mm.
1: wow um and, mm-hmm. go on
3: and he and he told me that it was possible that i could have a VBAC after having her, which is a vaginal birth after cesarean which uh-huh. i gave it much thought and Thought that would be something i would like to try so then we moved on to our son we found out in february 2011 that we were expecting but then we ended up having a miscarriage
0: Mm.
3: so that was kind of devastating and then we ended up having a surprise and got pregnant that next month later and by that point we were in the military in everett washington and i found a great ob that said oh that sounds great but you should be able to have a v-back no trouble and We were with them, and then we found out very late in the pregnancy, about 35 weeks, that we had orders to move across country to Charleston, South Carolina, and so that just kind of like blew everything out of the water that I lost my provider, and I didn't know what to turn to. Oh, wow. So it would take like another search, and so we had to find where to go with finding a provider, and I thought maybe that I found somebody that was on board with our son, but that wasn't the case. They started like throwing all kinds of their tactics with me that he was going to be large and my blood pressure was out of control and none of that was ever really to be found other than it was just more of my anxiety moving last minute and not sure what to expect. So with him, I ended up having another cesarean in November of 2011 and that was kind of devastating that I wasn't like really expecting that because I was really hoping to have a back. Yeah. And recovery was a lot more difficult with him, and had a lot more postpartum bleeding, and still so with the struggles of trying to accept that and move on.
1: Yeah, and two babies at that point, you know, yeah. you have an, another yeah. one still there. Mm. Yes, <laughs> it was very hard. <laughs> yeah. Wow, I can imagine. And so then, when you became pregnant again, what were the thoughts now with with that experience after two cesareans?
3: Um, I knew that it was possible to have a V-Bag, but I knew it was going to be very difficult mm-hmm. finding a V-Bag-friendly provider, which I did my search. And at that point, we were living in um, Connecticut with the military. And so, like, I just kind of sought out and I thought I found a doctor that seemed like they were on board. And the entire pregnancy, I saw, like, midwives and about 40 weeks that a midwife scheduled me to have, like, a Foley bulb injection in the hospital because she thought I was fingertip dilated. And then fast forward to the morning of the induction and OB said otherwise and either gave me two options I could wait to see after 41 weeks because they didn't feel comfortable or to schedule a cesarean. And at that point, I felt like I was just being cornered to choose a repeat because they had a doctor come in and just said that his wife had had multiple cesareans and if you want to have more kids, then it would just be a cesarean after cesarean, depending on how many kids you want to have.
1: And mm.
3: I felt like I just, felt like I was up against a brick wall and I ended up just choosing the cesarean because I figured like the 41 weeks was going to come and I was just going to be pressured back into it again. So I ended up choosing the cesarean and afterwards the uh, OB came and told me that they found a lower thin uterine left segment and that they said probably the repeat was the best option and told me that I would need to recover about two to three years just to give it time to heal. mm.
1: And so what is that exactly? Can you explain a little bit more of what that meant for you or what, you know,
3: what that was? Um, it just kind of meant that it was just, they, once they opened me up, they just noticed that I was just starting to thin a little bit on that left side and oh, that okay. there was always that po- possibility that something could have happened or could have ruptured. But it, even to this day, it's been questioned, like, is it just because it was at the end of the pregnancy and your uterus? stretches anyways if that's what was the cause of it or if something was actually happening it's hard to you won't ever really know they said
1: right yeah huh okay so they
3: said that they said that like i saw a midwife at my checkup then and they said that if i wanted to have more children that that would be fine that i would just need to wait the two to three years just to give my body time to heal and make sure that my uterus was good and strong again
1: Gotcha. And so it was a couple of years before you got pregnant again.
3: Yeah. yeah, but it took a lot of faith between us going back and forth. Do we want to try this or not? Because that thin segment kind of was scary and we didn't know what that meant. And mm-hmm. if I did get pregnant, would I mean, that something gravely, I mean, something serious would happen, which it took a lot from us to, like, decide that, yeah, we wanted to have a fourth child.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And so we just kind of put everything in faith and we ended up finding out. Um, October 2016,
1: that we were expecting again. Wow. Wow. And so I can imagine, though, I can, because that's kind of like a label now you've been given, right? It's like thinning uterus, yes. like lower uterine segment, you know, it's like a thing. And so it's, it's with that thing that you potentially carry with you or it walks around and it enters your conversations. Yes. Like it's just always kind of there. So I, yes, it was always there. <laughs> oh, wow. So then what were the conversations once? you know, you were confirmed you were pregnant again. What, where did you want to go from there?
3: Um, I wasn't really sure what to think because in my mind, I knew that it would always have to be repeat C section. I didn't know that there was a possibility to have a back after that. Mm. So I just, so in my mind, I was, all I was looking for was to find a good hospital. That's right. all I was looking for, just like a decent hospital, somebody. It wasn't so much the OB at the time. It was just, I was looking for somewhere that had like, good rates and a nice hospital and that I would feel like I would be in like safe hands.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And so that's where I ended up choosing. Cause at that point we were in Saratoga Springs, New York. And so I just did my search and I picked a hospital and then I put the provide- providers that provided at that hospital and I set up my appointment and going forward, like I met with the first visit was just like a generic, like you met with like the midwife or somebody just to go over like health history and, She kind of got me thinking about, like she mentioned, she didn't say a whole lot, but there was a possibility to have VBACs after multiple cesareans that she just mentioned something and that got my mind thinking. So that's when I did reach out to ICANN just to see if there were truly possibilities to finding a VBAC provider. Mm -hmm. And so I was surprised that I was given two names. And at the time, I didn't think much more of it because I thought, well, that's kind of crazy, That that seems kind of dangerous. And I didn't know what to think. So I like set it on my mind and then I fast forward into about 15th, 16th week in pregnancy. And I met one of the male doctors at the office I was seeing and he just like turned my world upside down. Aye, aye. He just basically, um, he just basically told me that I was putting my hands, my, my child's life in danger just because of having three cesareans and that how dare I become pregnant again. And that. That I was just, he just gave me the dead baby card and it just like really terrified me that I didn't know what to think because I had waited. I told him I waited the two plus years for my body to heal and that I felt like at that point everything was okay and that I wasn't having any signs that something was wrong with my cesarean scars or anything. Wow. And so then after, and then after I left him, I was just I didn't know, like, I just kept having continued nightmares that I'd found out that the office that I couldn't even choose who would perform my cesarean and that I just couldn't allow myself to be in his hands. So that's when I ended up finding and contacting a couple of different options just to see what my options were, because there was no way that I wanted to be put in that bad situation because I was fearful that something would happen to me or my baby's life.
2: Yeah.
1: I because I mean this is your care provider you know a care yeah. provider and if they are not providing care like no what is that n- n- no thank you no
3: I didn't feel like I was not providing care and I just couldn't I said I couldn't do it anymore I told my husband I said this is it. I said I've got to find other options right the options like I started out just trying in general just trying to find somebody that would even perform a horse cesarean and that was like even like very hard to find nobody wanted to take me on after like three cesareans so then that's when I ended up turning to the home birth midwife Kelly and just asked if I could have a consultation because I was out of all my options and I was trying to figure out what I could do mm-hmm.
2: and how did so you identify up... her how did you find Kelly
3: um I found Kelly through ICANN because I emailed them and I finally went to my first meeting on Valentine's Day of 2016 and They'd given me a name and told me that many people reached out to her and she's the best and she would give me an honest answer and opinion and what she would. So that's how I ended up finding them was through ICANN and it was great to come across them.
2: Got it. And I just Googled that just for anybody else who was unclear. And it's it's the International Caesarean Awareness Network. Is that correct, DJ? Yes, that's
3: correct. Yes, that's
2: correct. Awesome. So you went to their website and just started doing some research?
3: Yeah, I went to their website and I ended up finding out that the Capital District, which is what we live in, had a chapter. And I read, I reached out by email to somebody and just asked a few questions just to see where I could start and maybe what actions I had. And they invited me to their meeting, and I finally ended up going to their meeting. And it was wonderful and it was great meeting other people like like-minded that have had similar situations.
2: What was that like meeting those folks who had had similar situations?
3: It was just overpowering and mind blowing that there's people that just like me that have had cesareans for whatever reason, and that that were just all like have similar like stories and how we all relate. It's just nice to talk to somebody that understands what what they've what we've been through. Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, I know. Sarah and I definitely felt like once we found some folks that we could talk to about home birth, because before that, neither of us knew anybody who had chosen a home birth. And then when you mm-hmm. find that person or you find those people, it's like you can act like there's that connection. It's almost like a sense of, um, I don't know, relief. I don't know if that's the right word, but yeah. it's just like this, like this, this big breath, like this big exhale when you can actually talk to people who are speaking your language and who are, you know, empowering and encouraging and optimistic. And so I imagine you felt that times 100 when you when you went yes. to that meeting.
3: Oh, yes, very much. That was amazing, just, like, sharing all their stories and all their struggles and people just in general trying to find, like, feedback providers and everything in their journeys. And, and I just knew that I found a great organization and that they would be much help and support going forward for anything that I may need.
2: Mm. That's so cool. I think it's awesome that you were proactive and, and <clears throat> looking into different things and you know that you took that that chance and took that risk and just you know went to go meet this community of people because I think that's like when you have that community when you have that support, it makes such a world of difference and it can feel so so isolating when you feel like you're you know the only one experiencing something so I just I just want to say that uh, it's definitely inspiring how you went about. Um, connecting with this group and then ultimately meeting Kelly.
3: Yes, well, thanks. It was very hard, like getting to that first meeting. That it took a lot out of me. My husband like kept encouraged me, and I finally said, "I have to go. That mm. I need the support and help, and I just need to talk to other people because I didn't know what else to do." And mm. It was great to go to them, and here's such wonderful things about Kelly. That that's when I knew I really wanted to meet her to see what my options were to, to have either a home birth or just to find somebody to have another cesarean if That's what I truly needed.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And Kelly, I feel like is a little bit of a celebrity from, from the show in that we have talked to a few mamas who have worked with Kelly. Yes. And so I think of all of the degrees of separation and joint like um, you can link back to one provider she's probably the number one person yeah. that we've had people talk about and share about on the show <laughs> well, that's great so she's i love wonderful. that i'll have to include <laughs> links to other um sage femme mamas in this episode mm-hmm. so that people can you know That'd see the, cool. the full scope yeah yeah yes yeah. um <laughs> that's great <laughs> so then how how about your conversations with joshua and how was he you know moving into to the home birth process
3: um, he was a little bit apprehensive. He wasn't sure what to think. He was right. a little bit concerned too, just in general about the costs and the safety aspects. And, and he knew that, that I really wanted to consider something else that he, that I just couldn't go back to the provider I was at. And I told him, I just kept feeling like with Kelly, it was fine that we needed to follow that option because she wasn't sure initially on taking us on, she was concerned a little bit about that thin spot and not sure what to think of it. Mm -hmm. And so then we heard back that her recommendations were that she would give my husband and I a chance to be with her and that we would just switch everything to her care. And then about 36, 36, 37 weeks on, we were going to switch to a VBAC-friendly doctor that had had done other multiple order VBAC and so that's when I told my husband that I said I, she wasn't sure initially. I said, when she comes back, and says, okay, we have this plan. Boom, boom, boom. I said, we have to like just go with it. Cause so I said, that's just our one shot just to see what would happen. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, let's, let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> and so we, we moved forward.
0: Okay. Round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Oh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? <sighs>
1: Wow, that's amazing! And so, <clears throat> were there some yeah pretty significant differences that you could um, identify in terms of the prenatal care and then the leading up to birth um, from your previous pregnancies?
3: Um, yes, it so was very one-on-one, very open with her, and felt very easy to talk to her. And she gave lots of great suggestions and made sure that I was drinking the water and doing everything that I needed to make sure that whenever we switched the provider that I looked the best I possibly could. And that, that she understood with my, like my blood pressure, that a lot of it was anxiety brought on. It wasn't necessarily that I was in any danger or concern. So that was great. Just being able to talk to her and hear her suggestions and just stories of other women that have tried this before me and just all the different wealth and knowledge that she came with.
1: Yeah, that's, that's amazing. Just more of that, it seems like, personal, intimate relationship and, and yes, or just empathy, I feel like, too, in terms of what you had experienced and what your body had gone through and what some of your, your fears or trepidations might be. Just uh, having a listening for that, you know, rather yes, than yes, – uh, Rather than a passing of a of a judgment or a certainty as to what's going to happen to you, or you know, based on what they've seen in the past, it's like this is your unique experience.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love
1: that. And so, what about leading up yeah. to birthing time? What was going on those those last few
3: weeks and days? Um, the last few weeks, we ended up finding out that the VBAC friendly provider in the hospital was leaving, and he no longer. To take me on, so oh that's my. when things completely got serious. And about thirty six, thirty seven weeks, when we had my home visit, just just to have the home visit and decide. That's when we decided, okay, we're going to make plans and we're going to do this home birth mm. because obviously something was meant to be, but but things just weren't stacking in place to try a hospital. So we decided that we would go through with my desires that I thought I would love to have a home birth, and the realities were coming possible. So. We ended up making all the steps just the last few weeks was just like making steps A, B, C, what would happen if something would happen in labor, what were our options were, and we just made all those steps to make sure that everything was in place, provided that there was some unforeseen event.
2: So let me okay, so when you connected with Kelly, was your intention at that point to, to do a home birth with Kelly?
3: Um, I wanted to do a home birth, but she still wasn't quite sure on okay. everything with the home birth that she was just leaving it up to the informed decision of me to make what I thought I wanted to do. So initially it was going to be to see the VBAC friendly doctor because okay. we weren't sure how a home birth would go. So then that's how we ended up coming to that point that we even tried getting in with another provider at the hospital and they just said, sorry, we have no appointments until well after my due date. We're like, okay, I guess that means that let's try this home birth and we'll go yeah. with the plan and see what happens.
2: Okay, so then that's how basically all of the all of the signs were pointing towards home birth and everything was really yes. aligning for the home birth.
3: Yes. Everything just like lined up and that those last few weeks, that's when I just started like preparing myself, like watching any videos, preparing myself, reading books, anything that I could think to like make myself like have any idea because I had truly never been in labor before so I had no clue after yeah. three kids what what I wasn't oh. gonna even expect that first time oh. I had no idea that my waters had never broke nothing and it was just like going in like to a blind horse like nothing I couldn't I know I did what was gonna happen
2: wow what was there any one thing that you did those last few weeks that that you feel helped um prepare you the most?
3: Um, I'm not sure if there was really one thing. I think it did help the most like to watch some like true labor videos of like what happened. It's not like what you would see like in high school, just or even like the birth education classes, just, like seeing like a true full on like birth, like it was like eye opening that that I guess I never really thought that that's how it all transpired and just how everything works and Hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Cause I, I, I don't know why I didn't even make that connection. So I'm really glad you highlighted that and shared that. That you know, fourth baby, and yet a completely different physiological experience for you in terms of mm-hmm. you know being in your body. You know, things happening to it and things moving that you know you had not experienced before. Um, so it's an no. incredibly significant note about this experience. Um, so then. When you realized birthing time was starting, what was going on there? Were you, sh- you know, sure that's what was happening even?
3: I wasn't even, I was like completely shocked because <laughs> I was like, I ended up having my waters. My, I ended up having contractions about 39 weeks and three days. And uh, I kind of freaked out. I was like, start, I was starting to like, are these contractions? What's going on? <laughs> so I ended up calling Kelly like at early morning hours and just said, I think I'm having contractions. I'm not sure. She's like, Oh, that sounds good. It sounds like you're just like slowly warm, wrapping up this getting into the stages. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, that's good. And then like, I ended up calling her like, Oh, it must've been like 90 minutes later. I said, um, my water's broke. And sort of like, I heard the pop and <laughs> I didn't know what to think. And I was like anxious and scared and just like shaking. Cause I never had any waters break. So I didn't know what to think at that point. Cause I was, like 39 weeks and three days and she had told me to expect to like go well into like 41 42 weeks being that I'd be like a first-time mom never having labor so I didn't know what to think at that point.
1: Wow okay so then what went on over the next few hours?
3: Um, The next few hours they were still like coming on and off and Kelly came just to check on me to see how I was doing because I wasn't I was just a little anxious and I called my husband back from work because he just left. I said, I think you need to come home because my water's broke. So he came back home and Kelly had told us not to to be surprised that if our contractions did stop because that's typical in this in that case with, with everything. So I didn't think much of it. I was thinking, well, hopefully she's not right. And sure enough, she was right about 24 hours later, like everything just like completely stopped. There was like no signs that I was in early labor, nothing. And it was just kind of a wait and see approach at that point.
1: Gotcha. Okay. So, um, was there any sort of mental chatter going on for you during that time or were there any sort of, you know, either helpful or not so helpful conversations going on?
3: Um, it was, a. there was quite a few, um, unhelpful things starting to go on that I had just like people like questioning, like my decision to even have a home birth at that point. And, all that was playing on my mind that how dangerous I was being staying at home. And, and that was just very stressful. And then also I did have like Kelly and the other, like somebody, my wife, telling me that this is normal, that this can happen and just like talking me through it and just telling me that I need to keep my mind off it and keep walking, keep doing things, just find any activity, do something just to let the time pass. Cause it, it could be a while. It could be a few more days or they weren't sure. They just said that so they just kept encouraging me just to do whatever I could do to relax.
1: Gotcha. Okay. So then walk us through the next few stages.
3: Um, the next few stages were, it was a little bit stressful because I also was a group B positive. They ended up finding that out kind of late in the game because the uh. first test didn't come back with any conclusive information. So we were waiting. So we ended up finding out after I'd been, after my water broke, but I was group B. So they ended up wanting me to do, um, like to cleanse and just do some different things to hopefully ward off any infections just to see what my body was going to do. So I did those and check my temperature and I had another midwife that would come and check on me about once a day, but just to check my blood pressure, check everything, check the baby, the position. So we did that. Each day just kind of turned into another day. I'd and it's just like the 24 hours turned into 48, and I was starting to feel really down that I just wasn't having any steady contractions. And I didn't know what that meant if, with the waters being ruptured, like what kind of infections or setbacks I may face coming going forward. Mm. So,
1: and what was going on with your kiddos around this time?
3: Um, We had a great neighbor that came and like took the kids out and took them to like the water sprinkler playgrounds. My husband like kept them busy while I like tried to sleep or do whatever I needed to do that he tried to keep them to check on me. And it was great like having that support initially. And then right before my labor really started kicking in, we did have a family friend fly in from Wichita, Kansas to be with us because we didn't really have anybody to watch the kids that once I fully went into labor. So we wanted to have someone here just in case we needed that extra added support to watch the kids so that my husband could be with us. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: And so it ended up being a number of hours, right? Something like 65 hours into yeah, the water about breaking 65. until yeah, like things started really there. picking up.
3: Mm -hmm. Wow, And that's what Kelly said, like by about 72 hours, that like 96% of the people will have gone into labor after the waters break. And I knew that I was approaching that. And I think what helped finally after that time was that our family friend did come in. We moved her flight up. And I think just having her there, knowing that my kids are going to be cared for Mm -hmm. and everything, like I just let everything go.
1: Yeah. Finally, that's
3: when the wee hours, like the labor just like was like night and day. Like when it picked up, it picked up and I had no clue what I was, felt like I was getting into. <laughs>
2: wow. That's pretty amazing that when you felt like things were in place and the kids were taken care of and, it, you know, it, it sounds like you just sort of were able to let go a little bit and then that's when your body just, yeah,
3: really just kicked let, in. Yeah, just let go of anything. Any of the mental thoughts that people were saying that this was dangerous. I just had to let all that go and tell myself that we were just coming towards the end and hopefully everything would work out. And it was nice just to like finally shut everything off and just to focus on what was at hand. Mm-hmm.
2: That is so cool.
1: And so yeah. who was
3: the birth team that was there for you? Um, I had Kelly and then I had, she was an assistant at the time, but now she's a full midwife now. Her name was Kristen and then I had another midwife. Kristen B that was there all with me and then I had my husband. Mm.
1: Beautiful and so team is all assembled things are moving along what was happening?
3: Yep we had the team assemble because I finally it was about I don't remember it was like three o'clock in the morning that I had my husband I woke my husband up and said things are like really progressing that something has changed and these contractions aren't, aren't, aren't stopping. and at that's when I told him I said, You need to call Kelly because I said, I think things have changed and I said, I think she needs to be known and she needs to get here as soon as she can and that's that's when I just like kept getting on to him and told him, No, you need to call he's like, No, let's wait one more. I said, No I said, I said You need to call now I said, Something's changed and I said I said I can't do it. I said I can't I said I said I said my body's like taking control and I said but I can't do this anymore. And I said I need people here. And
1: yeah, I was
3: like, okay, okay. Let me call, and that's when he called, and that's when Kelly said, okay, I'll be on my way. And that's when she called the assistants, and both the Christians had came mm. before. Like she got there, like I was surprised. The one Christian, she was on vacation, and she ended up coming back that she wasn't even supposed to be there for. Her. So I was like surprised, like in the midst of all this, that she was there. I was like, wow. That's <laughs> I cool. I said she that came, cool. and that, <laughs> that was great.
1: That's funny with Joshua, too. It's like, I feel like you would have a little bit more inside information as to how things (laughs) were moving. I don't know. Just a little bit more.
3: (laughs) Yep. That's awesome. (laughs) It was funny. I was like, come on. I said, you got a call. I said, this is it. I said, said, it's a little more than I bargained (laughs) for.
1: That's funny. (laughs) um so then when it came to transition and moving into the pushing stage what was that like for you you know at this whole new experience
3: it was just like out of body experience so I could like I could hear the the midwives all around me and like my husband like helping me and I just wasn't sure what to think but I knew like the contractions like could change and I knew that I was getting closer to that transition that it was starting to calm down a little bit and I was like starting to get the breaks and I could breathe a little and and that's when I knew that they told me that if I felt like pushing they told me just to go ahead and push and just see how that goes and that's what I did.
1: Ooh,
2: that is so freaking cool.
1: Yeah, that's what I did. I just did yeah, it. Yeah, like after like, three cesareans. They, wow.
3: they told me they told me that I need to like not be so vocal that I was like making a lot more noises and like mm. I was like very I was screaming pretty good and I was worried at that point in my head I was like, going in my head like great what are the kids thinking of me out there and yeah. later on my daughter's like I thought you were like praying to God or something <gasps> and she was like I was worried about you she didn't know what to think <gasps> I said well, I said, that's nice yeah <laughs>
1: that's, were you... that's, I didn't know what to think <laughs>
2: yeah were you able to connect with that that uh, feeling of pushing? Like, I know with you, Sarah, that was a that was a challenge at first to, like, because you've never really pushed with those muscles before. Right. So, Deidre, were you able to, like, connect with that to where you understood, like, oh, okay, this is how, like, I'm sitting here trying to, like, move my body, kind of, like, squeeze, you know? And yeah, i yeah,
3: was initially <laughs> that more? I didn't know, like, yeah, like <laughs> yeah, initially I couldn't, like, put the two together, but, like, how it felt at first, I just knew that something mm-hmm. needed to be done, and then, like, as time got on, and I was like focused more that I could just tell, like the, it had the idea that that's what my body needed to do was push. And mm. I ended up like having like they weren't even surprised like Christmas said but, like I used like my essential oils like I had I held on pretty good to like peppermint and stress away that those were, were helpful than like my husband hanging on to me like he held my leg that helped mm. like move things along but having to hold on to those two oils like was. They said it was like empowering just to watch me like what those oils like did and brought oh. me to like where I needed to be to focus.
2: That's neat. Oh wow. So you were holding on to the bottles? Is that what you mean?
3: <laughs> yeah, I was holding on yeah, I was holding on to the two bottles and like could oh, use cool. that to like to squeeze out every like ounce of <laughs> strength I had left in me.
2: That's awesome. That's a really cool way of using essential oils.
3: Yeah,
1: if there were ever <laughs> a testament to the <laughs> essential like oil it. life, <laughs> yeah.
3: Yes, yeah, so I could, I could still smell them, but I was also hanging on to them that they were just right. <laughs> they were just like my power that they gave me the strength to like finish mm-hmm. moving forward, and I knew that That's I was awesome. like getting closer. And
1: wow. so then... and at one point,
3: I think Kelly reminded me that like she's like, I think the head was crowning or something, oh. and that was just crazy
1: hmm and what was that moment like when Jonathan arrived
3: it was just I didn't know what to think I was just like it was just like mind-blowing that he was here and I remember like in the video that I made like I remember telling Kelly like she told me that I did and I said something like I couldn't believe that I did this after three cesareans that I actually finally had a home birth mm-hmm. and that that I've always worked for that I wanted to have a VVAC Mm-hmm. And that was my dream of just having an after delivery, and I just at that moment I finally did that. It was just like surreal that I couldn't believe that that finally had came full circle and that I finally had what I've been desiring for so long.
1: Mm-hmm. What did what did it do for how you related to yourself as a as a woman, what you're capable
3: of, and and how you felt about your physical body? It was just, I couldn't believe that a body could do something like that. That I was told so many times that my body couldn't do this, that I've had three cesareans and that, that I shouldn't be able to do that. But I was just, I couldn't believe that a body was capable of doing that. Mm-hmm. It didn't really matter that, that even though I had three cesareans, that it's still possible to have what you dream. Mm-hmm.
1: And have you since Jonathan's birth? Have you connected with other mamas, or kind of re-engaged in the I Can community and shared part
3: of your experience? Yep, I go to the meetings. I'm actually one of the co-leaders of I Can in our capital district now. So that's awesome. I ended up going oh, that's so to the cool. ended up going to the training that I wanted. I want to be able to like inspire and encourage other women that it is possible to do something as empowering as what I did and. Even if that doesn't happen, right? That we're still there for the support. We're still there, and we'll always be there and provide that support and courage and somebody to talk to, no matter what.
1: That's incredible. That I just
3: under I understand. I understand like full circle what everybody's like been through with the cesareans and home birth and just all the challenges that come with everything. Mm-hmm.
2: That phrase "full circle" is something that sticks out to me because you've had a full circle experience in, you know, in, in your births. And then with the way that you now support other mm-hmm. women and, <clears throat> and other families with through ICANN, it's like full circle. Like It came all the way around from yes. that, that doctor who was, you know, making you feel some type of way about wanting to have the fourth baby to now here you are showing other women that, yep. yes, you can do this. Like, you can do it. Yep. It comes full circle. You That's don't so have
3: cool. to settle for you don't have to settle for a provider that's going to disempower you, that you can even move on to other providers, that there is always somebody out there that that will listen to you and help you. Mm.
2: Yeah, there's always somebody out there. Like, mm-hmm. there's always another option. You have options, yeah. Yeah, that's so cool.
1: Yep. Deidre, that's amazing. You're amazing. I mean, you're already. I know you said you want to inspire, and through what you're doing, I mean, you are. I mean, it's it's already happening. And so now, what's what's fun is it's just now. How is it going to spread? You know, how's it going to magnify? And how is through yeah. the women and families you're connecting with? And now through being, you know, in this community and on the Doing It At Home podcast, it's just it's just going to keep you know expanding. So it's so amazing. Yeah. Um, yes, I'm excited. That's cool. So if for any listeners in your surrounding area, they can connect with you potentially through the ICANN group, you know, if they will include links or whatever you want to send us in terms of how, you know, people can get um, integrated and involved in that community. I definitely want to include that. Yep. Okay.
3: Yep, I can certainly give you the information for all that.
1: Awesome. Awesome, awesome. I just want to thank you. I wanna thank your whole family. I wanna thank Joshua for the the partner that he's been for you and also for hanging out with baby Jonathan. Or not or not baby, I guess not baby baby, but little little Jonathan. <laughs> so that you could be here with us. Um just that, you know, it takes a village, you know, and it takes the whole team to to show up and bring our babies into the world and then nurture them, support them, and then also ourselves. And so I just think it's so cool the 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 added layer i feel like you've gotten for yourself through this experience as to like another dimension as to who you are as a woman as a mother Mm -hmm. as a you know inspirer in the birth world and community it's just it's really really magical and i'm just so grateful that you've shared some of that light with us today
3: yeah well thank you i'm glad that i was able to share my story